Well, welcome back to the Zeitcast, everybody. Today is a special episode for so many reasons. For one, I'm in my friend Mark Lowry's house. And how cool is it that, like, Mark Lowry's the video guy Come today? On now. <laughs> <laughs> how cool is that? Wait till you see the video. Right, okay, that's right. <laughs> One of my childhood heroes. And now, like, yeah. thanks for running the sound and video for us, Mark. Right, <laughs> so, right. the other thing that's that's amazing, and I have to tell you this, like, there's no flattery here, Juanita. Like, Juanita Rasmus is such a, like, you're such a rock star to me. Because here's the thing, like, uh, going all the way back to, and we were talking about this earlier, when I passed at a church in Charlotte for nine years, you were one of the first ministry guests we brought in. Like oh, it was wow. probably, it was, I think it was around 2007 okay. when we did a Renovari right. event with you. Renovari, wonderful uh, uh, organization devoted to spiritual formation and renewal, exactly. founded by Richard Foster, exactly. very instrumental in my life. And then um, connected with you a few years later, another Renovari event. But it's like having followed you from afar for such a long time, you just, the things that you bring together in your life and ministry and work, I mean, I'm, you know, I come from a Pentecostal background, so there, the fact that there is this very um, kind of prophetic edge to who you are and what you do, the fact that you and Rudy and pastoring, and this is, I'm saying all this by way of introduction too, but uh, co-pastoring St. John's United Methodist Church, which is just, in terms of social justice, I mean, has to be one of the most extraordinary churches in the country. I mean, free HIV, mm-hmm. AIDS testing every Sunday, which there's surely only a handful of churches anywhere that do that. You guys started feeding the homeless, what, like once a week? And that's grown to, what is it now, 500 well, meals a day? Time, it was. it started as once a week, and then it became every day, and we served about 500 meals a day um, to the homeless community. And since that time, we've gone into housing, yes. and providing housing and shelter, and uh, other social services that relate to crisis, uh, like Hurricane Harvey, and being mm. involved in the aftermath of trying mm-hmm. to empower families and individuals during that. So yeah, that's the work mm-hmm. we do. Matthew 25. Oh, it's beautiful. So yeah. beautiful. But so just the just all the things that you that you bring together. It's just it's so it's so instructive to me. And I just I don't know, but then also that you're you're a contemplative and a mystic and drawing from these very deep wells in that way. And even the prayer time that we had before we got started just calling us to return to our breath and experiencing the love of God for the, I just, I just love the things you bring. So basically what's happened with the Zeitcast is, and I, I'm, I'm, this actually is the master strategy. Um, this is an excuse for me to hang out with the people I really want to hang out with, you know, because otherwise, <laughs> so, yeah. like how else would I get to hang out with hey, so, Juanita Rasmus? Well, I have this podcast, you know, so you come. So then I just, <laughs> so it's very selfish. Friend. I have another friend. Uh, John Price, he does the exact same thing. Mm. So I think it's a great thing. Whatever it is that brings us together and invigorates our lives, mm. invites us to think maybe a little more deeply, a little more compassionately. Yes. And if we get to call them friends, wow. Yes. Isn't that cool? It's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. So yeah. thank you for taking the time to be with us and get to do this here in Houston. It's all just all just very special. I have there's so many things I've um I'd love to ask, and I'm happy for this to go in any number of directions. And maybe this is diving off the deep end of the pool, but okay. I've, who is God to you now? Mm. Mm. It's funny you ask me that. Someone in our congregation sent me a, a text message and said, who is God? Mm. And um, I remember sending her something back. This was just last week, but I can't remember what I sent her, so I can't give you those great words that were on this thing, whatever it was I sent her. But basically, 
it said something, and I'm not really so much now trying to uh, remember those words, but just to, in that same spirit, if you will, um, that God is the everlasting, the eternal, the all-creative, the all-knowing, the all-present, the full measure of love displayed, mm -hmm. revealed, transforming, transcending time and space. Mama, mm -hmm. daddy, and so much more. Mm -hmm. But those are just some things I'm kind of learning. Yeah. But it's kind of like when you think you have an idea of who God is, God says, but you don't know me. Mm -hmm. As he said in Isaiah 45 to Cyrus, he said, you don't know me, mm -hmm. but I'm going to use you anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, And it's kind of like the more intimate you get with God, yeah. and even uh, when I say intimate, intimacy is not always lovey-dovey. Sometimes intimacy is into me you see and I don't really like the fact that you're looking at me that hard God mm -hmm. you know yes and so how am I supposed to deal with this when I know you're looking at me like that mm -hmm. what does that say to me and so even in that even in those uncomfortable places God still is yes, yes. and I have found in my own life um particularly at one of the darkest periods of my life, which is funny, you said we, we were together around 2007. Well, in 99, I experienced a major depressive episode. Mm. And in that, I learned that this was not just a medical diagnosis, an emotional health diagnosis even. Mm -hmm. This was a time for spiritual awakening. Mm. And St. John of the Cross called it the dark night of the soul. Yes. And so I'm finding that God is even present when we think he's nowhere to be found. Yes. In the darkest places, God is present. Mm. So God is all of that. Yes. And I'm still learning mm. that there's still so much more. So God still surprises you. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Mm. Sometimes the surprise is when I think I've got my life planned out. Yeah. And God says, um, I like your idea, but I got a better one. Mm. And then he shows me some detour that opens the world up to me in a way. And I'm thinking to myself, I would have never experienced this mm. if I had kept driving. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, God surprises me. And I, I like the surprises. I'm learning mm. now that even sometimes in tragedy mm. to look for God. How is mm. God being present to me? Who is God now for me in this? Yes. Um, because I think so often, especially when you're a person like me who's kind of, and you for that matter, because you grew up in the church. Sure. You know, if somebody asks you, when did you accept Christ? You could say in the womb. Right. You yeah, know? it feels like that. It yeah. feels like that. <laughs> and so when we find ourselves in these places where God reveals new stuff to us that, mm. Sometimes we don't even have words for. Yes. It's it's amazing to me. And so mm. I'm I'm learning that even in the darkness I can trust God. Mm. And that the opportunity for me and for all believers I believe is for us to grow up our image of God. Yes. So often especially when we grew up in the church 
we materialize and experience physical growth, mm-hmm. but our image of God is still, you know, first grade. Mm. And so depending on who you thought God was at first grade, he may not be big enough to handle your 50-year-old problems, your 40-year-old wow. problems, your 70-year-old problems, your 80-year-old problems, because you're still dealing with a God that you understood in first grade. Yeah. And nobody oh, ever says, good. hey, how's your God? How old is your God now? Mm-hmm. How round is your God now? How tall mm-hmm. is your God now? How deep, how wide? Are you still using your childhood, this is what Richard Rohr calls it, your childhood happiness program? Mm, yes. how, are, how are you defining God? Mm. Is it the God that, that you knew, in my case, who was very punitive. No, for sure. You know, because I wanted to be a good little girl, and so mm-hmm. I'm avoiding punishment. And so God is this Judge Judy as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And then I find out God is not Judge Judy at all. Mm-hmm. That God doesn't care about judging me. You know, yes. we forget John 3.17. Yeah. We know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Yes. But most people don't re- realize that John 3.17 says he sent not his son to condemn. Mm. He didn't come to condemn us. Yes. He came to unfold this. Uh, Dallas Willett says that the chief aim of God in all of history is the creation of an all-inclusive community of Mm. loving persons Mm. with God as its chief sustainer Mm. and most glorious inhabitant. So that means God is trying to build a subdivision and he's inviting everybody to come live in it and God's gonna live in it too. Now you know if God Mm. is living in your subdivision, you don't have to worry about the trash being picked up. Yeah. You don't have to worry about the the branches not getting picked up after the storm. I love that. You don't have to worry about whether the roofs are going to be taken care of Mm. because God is there. Yes. God is present in that. Mm. I think our challenge sometimes is because we're still holding God so small. Right. We can't imagine God loving the people that we don't love. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, I think it's so, it's so scary when your image of God first starts to expand. Because I think, and I'm having so many of those conversations right now, people who I think are legitimately having a revelation, which almost always comes through some sort of trauma, conflict, suffering. tragedy, some sort of suffering, <laughs> exactly. you know, because your, your view of God doesn't get bigger largely until you, you're kind of forced up. That's exactly right. Oh, great. Just the extent to which that can feel like there, there's so much fear. What if I'm, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm getting into false doctrine? What if I'm going to be misled? I, mean, I feel like I have that conversation almost every day right now of someone who's on a really wonderful journey and God's opening them up, but still because they've had that petty punitive view of exactly. God for so long, exactly. there, there's, there's still that fear. Sure. Well, you know, the fear is because this is change. Yeah. And you know what I'm finding out? There are some things about God that haven't been written down. Mm. That we don't have words for yet. Yeah. And so when people begin to experience a God they can't check off the list with, mm-hmm. they're going, wait a minute, I don't, how do I know if this is God? Mm. All right. And then you have to say things like, what if it? is yeah could you be with this experience long enough to let god prove who god is yeah you know and yeah that's scary because we like consistency Mm -hmm. but you know what i what i realized and the lord made it really clear to me as i was recovering from the depression he said Mm -hmm. juanita you have boxed yourself in and you've boxed me out Mm. 
Do you know how hard that no. is to hear Ooh, that? Yeah. When you, I actually do. <laughs> you know, but but yet, it, even in the hearing of it, he yeah. wasn't condemning me. He yeah. was just letting me know what the four one one was. Right. Right. Let me tell you the the real deal. What you're experiencing right now is the fact that I'm trying to help you take down these walls. Mm. Yes. That you used to box yourself in because you thought following rules was more important. Yeah. I want to talk to you about relationship. Mm. What it mm. means to be in relationship with me. Mm. And so, yeah, that's scary mm. to imagine that God wants to be in relationship with me. Yes. And he's got so many other things to do. Yeah. You know, so many other people who really need him. Yeah. You know, you know. And and so we can very easily find ourselves just settling for the idea of the God that our neighbors gave us, our church mm -hmm. gave us, our parents gave us, our um, playmates gave us. And God is, it, I think God is often saying, would you please let me grow up? Yeah, wow, wow. So that I can do for you everything that I want to do for you, in you, with you, through mm -hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You know, the 12 steps helped us a lot in that. It says the God mm. of your understanding. Yeah. I think the the part B of that should be, now, if you haven't grown up the God of your understanding, let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. What does it look like to have a God who loves the people you hate? Mm. What does it look like to have a God who loves you even when you are so thrown off, as mm -hmm. my husband likes to say? that you can't figure nothing out. Yeah. And God is like, I'm with you. Mm. I'm right here, I got you. Mm. It's like being with a baby, if you've ever been with a toddler, and they're throwing a fit, mm. and the mother comes over and tries to console the kid, and they're going, you know, they're going all over the place, yeah. and, and the mom gets hit in the face and all kinds of stuff, because this toddler is having his fit. Yeah. But the mom stays present. Mm. And God does the same thing. Mm -hmm. Stays present. Oh, it's beautiful. Because God recognizes that the presence is the mm. gift we give one another. Yes. That's how I know I'm loved. Yes. Is when my husband is present. Mm -hmm. And I, because he's present, mm -hmm. when he's not present, I, I, my, the love goes, where is he? Mm. You know? And I can, in my case, look at my phone and say, oh, he's got an appointment. Right, sure. <laughs> He'll be home in an hour. You'll be all right. You know? But that presence yes. mm. with us in good times and the not so good times mm -hmm. with us in those places I'm right now I'm reading John 12 and I am working on my sermon for Sunday mm. and I've just been saying okay God what are you saying to us what is it you want us to know but in John 12 and I think it's verse 24 through 30 Jesus said lest a grain of wheat falls to the ground mm. and dies in essence not until that happens yeah. can it begin to bear good fruit well right all right and so so often it's when we're in that falling to the ground part mm -hmm. that suffering part mm -hmm. that depression part that uh, didn't expect this life curve maybe yeah. it's a divorce maybe it's the loss of a child maybe it's a job dream job going down like smoke you know yes. um it's in that falling to the ground place and cracking open mm. that we begin to encounter 
this God who is present even in the darkness. Yes, yes. And you know yes. what I found out? In my, through recovering from the depression, I found out that God would be the light in the darkness. Mm. The darkness was still dark. Yeah. But all of a sudden, I realized there were 999 shades of dark. Mm. And that there well, was light in there. Yes. And that God was in there. And that I could actually begin to feel my way around in yeah. the darkness instead of trying to run from it, which is what most of us do. Yes. Get me yeah. out of here. I don't know what's happening in this darkness. Get me out, right? Yeah. But what happens if you just sit in the darkness? You know what happened for me? Mm. I found out God was sitting there waiting on me. Mm. The Holy Spirit was that. present as a fire. Like it, was, it was like sitting in a dark teepee. Mm. The smoke was going, and that was the Holy Spirit. Wow. Jesus was sitting to the right of me. God was to my left. Mm. And they were like, we're glad you're here. Mm. We've been waiting on you. Mm. And then when I got, and it was a while, but when I came out of the TPS, smelled like smoke. Mm. Because I'd had the experience of the presence. Yes, yes. And you, you can't be in the presence of God. Yeah. And I mean in a transformative way. A yeah. way that shifts your world, turns it upside down, whatever mm -hmm. it does. Because that idea of falling to the ground and breaking, oh, yes. that's like Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall Absolutely. and had a great fall. Mm -hmm. And it said all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put him back together. You yeah. know why? Because God didn't need him to be the same old Humpty. Yes. He was trying yes. to create a new deal, oh, so a good. new being, so a transformed being. Mm -hmm. He wanted him to have a new life in Christ, yeah. not just put on the same old shell and keep doing the same old stuff. Yes. He was saying, no, you have to crack up, mm -hmm. Juanita, yeah. Yeah. so that you could live. Mm. Oh, that's so good. It's And that's so been my experience, you know, because especially for... You know, I mean, the dark, so for me, the dark season of my life came roughly in terms of 2013 that I completely unraveled. And especially as somebody who, and I'm so grateful, always speak honorably about where I come from, but yeah. coming from very much like a, a holiness Pentecostal context. For me, um, to go through divorce and everything around that, I mean, I thought my life was over. Sure. Like, just done. Sure. That God would be done sure. with me, ministry sure. would be over, all those sure. things. I mean, I just the amount of shame, because it's like everything, I think it's the great suspicion of any sort of elder sons, to use Jesus' story of the prodigal son. If you're more like the elder son or elder daughter, your sense always is, well, even if things are going okay with God technically, it's because I'm at least trying to do Come the right thing. Now. Like you right. just presume, like, right. We're, right. we're okay, because right. I'm at least trying really, really hard. Right, I'm trying to be a good boy. Oh, absolutely, and I tried so hard. Exactly. And it's interesting now when I look back, because you know, like, I mean, I have, um, all the same gifts I had then, and I'm like still there. But even preaching and that kind of stuff, I just, I, every once in a while I run across an old sermon or something. It was so like here. Everything was here. It was all intellectualized. Yeah. Yeah. I had never, I never even had sort of a, I'd never had any kind of a fall in my life even when I was young. Everything right. was sort of right. generally upperly right. mobile. Right. So when right. I fell, right. I fell hard. And it was shocking to me yeah. that not only was God present, yeah. But God was more present in a exactly. conscious way exactly. than I'd ever experienced. It was yes. almost like I'd never been awake before. Like I did like I hadn't been alive yes. until that happened. I hear you know? you. And it was that sense of like had to happen in that sense, like yes. I think like you know, the, like a, a new a whole new person had to emerge. Exactly. And it just wasn't gonna happen That's in right. the context of that old chill. That's right. That's right. No. The, you know, and I think that goes back to that wine skin thing. You can't put new wine in old wine skin. Yes. 
you know yes. and, and and part of what's happening is for us to be transformed we have to let go of our attachments yeah mm-hmm our attachments to how we think we ought to be performing, right. how we think we ought to be for the world, for our partners, for our board, for our congregation, mm-hmm. for our next door neighbors. Mm-hmm. And all of us, going back again to Richard Rohr, we all have this childhood happiness program. Yeah, that's so true. And that childhood happiness program is different yes. for everybody. But it sounds like yours and mine might have been similar. Yeah. And that is be a good girl, follow the rules, yes. do whatever they tell you is the yes. right thing to do. But see, the reality is the rules are not not the relationship. That's right. Just because you can check off, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't cuss. Well, I do sometimes. <laughs> you know, if I yes. get really thrown off. But really, with me, it's not thrown off. Really, I curse when I know it's going to be effective for the right audience. Yep, yep. You and me both. <laughs> you know, all right? I guess strategically. Exactly. Exactly. And that, you know, I've heard that. All right. My husband is going to live to about 3,000. That's amazing. <laughs> but he would tell you the same thing. He'd say the same thing. But what I'm saying is, this transformation. Yeah. God is saying, your old story was the ego mm-hmm. trying to help you understand your world. Yeah. It was trying to craft a story to give you something to hold on to. Yeah. Because as, as a child, we need to understand what's going on with our caregivers. Mm-hmm. The people who are supposed to be taking care of us, why are they acting like that? What is mm-hmm. that all about? Mm-hmm. And so the ego says, oh, I'll make up something. Yeah. And so the ego works to try to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. But God is saying, you don't need to be kept safe. You need a savior. Yes, yes. Wow. You need a savior from that program that said to Juanita, be a good little girl and then everything will work out all right. Yeah. But what happens when you're a good little girl, you still get molested? Yeah. How do you explain that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then you find out that God was present even then, and mm-hmm. he wants to heal that memory. Mm-hmm. See, if I just stayed with being the good little girl, she would just shove it to the back, yeah. like we do when we get good leftovers from the restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, we say, I'm going to take this home because I don't want to get rid of it. Yeah. And then it gets pushed further and further and further back into the refrigerator, and yes. then something starts smelling. Yes. And you wonder what it is. Mm. And God is saying, that's that memory. It's time for us to work on that. Mm. Let's bring it forward. Mm. Let's bring some healing into that place. Mm. You know? And so this, this beautiful experience that God longs to offer us of transformation. Yeah. Moving us out of all the rules or whatever it was that whether we were the prodigal that stayed home because yeah. you know they were both prodigals. Oh, right? absolutely. Yes. Or you were yes. the prodigal who went away. That's right. You know, in my mm-hmm. book, I talk about how profoundly the pro- the story of the prodigal sons impacted me yeah. because I was always the one who stayed home, right. and not until recently did I realize they were both prodigals. Yeah, oh, because so they good. were both far away from God. That's right. One was physically far away from God, but mm-hmm. had a heart to come back, mm-hmm. and there was another one who was right there in the house. Yes. Yes. But whose heart was far away. And even when yeah. the father came out to him, we don't know if he ever went back into the father or not. That's right. Because the story doesn't say. Yes. 
And so I know what it is to be that prodigal daughter who does all the right things, yeah. follows the rules, and is far from God. Yes. It's part of the brilliance and part of what terrifies me sometimes about that story, too, since I am also more the lost son at home most of the time, is that it people who have like some kind of an open fall, who have that kind of journey, mm -hmm. it runs its course. Mm -hmm. Like you get to the end of your right. life. <laughs> exactly. So it comes to a census. Right. But right. You, know, you can, you, when you're kind of staying on the porch, that's right. you don't necessarily get to the end of your, yourself. Exactly. You don't necessarily come to yourself. And that's exactly. what's scary about it. It is. Is that there's just enough kind of familial yeah. and familiar comfort yeah. of being in that yeah. space yeah. to where you might not able, you don't get to the end of your tether and you yeah. might think you're more or less fine. Exactly. And that's what's scary. It is yeah. left open-ended. So that's just, yeah. I just, there's always a challenge for those in that space, yeah. you know, of like, I don't know, it's where once again, something usually has to happen exactly. to dislodge us exactly. from that place. Exactly. To re remind us that that's not our story. Yes. That, that, that what we had been telling ourselves is not true. So this is what happened for me as I was recovering and I was looking at that because I had so identified with that. The Lord told me, give yourself a party. Hmm. Why are you sitting at home being resentful? Filled with anger that you're stuffing, you know. It's cute anger. <laughs> you know? Give yourself yeah. a party. Because what the prodigal who stayed home wanted yeah. was a lot of things. One was the freedom the brother had who left. Hmm. He wanted that freedom, but he wanted safety more. Yeah. So you you play it safe by staying with the rules. Yeah. You know? And it's so amazing. Mm -hmm. Is is there any wonder that the prodigal who stays home doesn't marry the prodigal who knows how to go away? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what wow. I did. I married the prodigal who knew how to go away. Mm -hmm. And what he's taught me is freedom. Mm -hmm. The freedom to go away yeah. and the freedom to come back home. Wow. Right? And now I know that I can go away and I can go away with God. I don't have mm -hmm. to say, you stay here. Yeah. I'm going to go away. Mm -hmm and find myself. I can say, God, let's do this together. Where are we going next? Mm -hmm. You know? And so the beauty of that son who mm -hmm. went away is the reality that we all have a quest. Mm -hmm. We all have a journey to take. Mm -hmm. Some of us have to move from the physical environment of where we would call home. Yeah. But then others of us have to move out of the, 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 the home that we've made here. Yeah. Like you said, those sermons that were written from here. Yes. And then yes. we find there's a home here. Mm -hmm. And this home is rich. Yes. And it's inviting yes. and it's life giving and it's warm. And it's everything you ever thought you'd want mm. or need and more. Mm. And so you say, Yeah, I can't give myself a party. I don't have to wait on somebody to tell me I did a good job mm -hmm. or, oh, what a good girl are you? Or, oh, what a good boy you mm -hmm. are. I can, I can celebrate because God has given me the freedom to be able to have fun. Beautiful. Let's say fun, church. Amen. Fun. Mm -hmm. I can play. Mm -hmm. Yes. We can have pleasure. Yes. We can have the desires of our heart. Yes. Mm -hmm. But see, mm -hmm. if you are working with rules, right. you'll rule out why you shouldn't get off the porch. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't go that way because, you know, Sin City is right down. And, you know, yeah. so when we're afraid of things, mm -hmm. we make up all these rules about why we shouldn't do them, yes. why we shouldn't engage in them. Yes. And often Jesus was like, well, I mean, I think even if you look at the fact that he dined with sinners and, and prostitutes and right. everybody, that says there is freedom in relationship with God. Yes, yes. We have liberty. Yes. 
That means, heck yeah. Mm -hmm. If I want to learn how to, well, dance, mm -hmm. why not have a, a person who dances really well teach me how? Yeah, yeah. If I want to learn how to jump out of a plane, why not go with somebody who's done it before? Mm. I jumped out of a plane and it was wonderful. You did? Oh, yes. that's amazing. It was the most incredible thing. She, it was, she won't eat the liver. No. <laughs> no, no organ gives. No, 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 no organ meats. No. We have fried chicken no, livers no, no, right no, here. No. That's amazing. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, I, I, no meat for the girl. No. But, but what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is. We have often, again, boxed ourselves in on experiences, yeah. mm. things that God... Oh, so I'll give you the, the background story on jumping out of the plane. Yeah. Um, when I was a little girl, I grew up at living next door to my grandparents. Mm -hmm. um, and my grandparents had a house that was two stories, and it had pillars on the side of the steps. Mm -hmm. So when you walked up the steps, there were these two pillars. Now, if they had been rich white people, they would have had lions on those pillars. But we mm -hmm. weren't rich white people. There was no lions. Mm -hmm. So what I would do is I would climb up the steps, and then I would hold on to one of the banisters mm -hmm. and use it to get on the pillar. And then I would jump off, and I mm -hmm. loved it. Mm -hmm. But every now and then, my grandmother caught me doing it. She'd say, Juanita, don't do that. You're going to fall and break your neck. Mm. Right? And so what did I do? Over time, I just stopped jumping. Wow. But I always wanted to, to go skydiving. Mm. Long story, past the depression, I walked a labyrinth, which a labyrinth is a meditative um, mm path on the ground mm -hmm. and there was one at a church St. Luke's here in Houston and so okay. I, I walked the labyrinth this particular day and the Holy Spirit said go skydiving mm. I went what because <laughs> I hadn't thought about it since I was a kid yeah. and I was like that would be wonderful Yeah. okay and then I get all excited and then I say oh Who's going to tell Rudy, my husband? <laughs> because the only other time I had mentioned skydiving was when we had first gotten married. I told mm. him, one of these days I want to go skydiving. Mm. And he said, as long as you're my wife, you're not doing no, and I want to say the rest of that. It'll make me live long, no. But I, you won't be doing any of that, right? And so all of a sudden, I have this paradox. Mm. God said I can, and a husband I know who's going to say I can, mm. right? So I said, okay, God. I'm going to tell him what you said, but y'all work it out. Mm. If he doesn't want me to do it, I won't do it. Maybe it'll just be enough that God said I could, right? And so I go home that Monday morning, our off day. I had taken the girls to school, and so I told him I was going to walk the labyrinth, and then I'd come home. And so I walk in, and he's sleepy. Hey, baby, how's it going? How are you doing? I said, I'm good. He said, how was your walk in the labyrinth? I said, oh, it was good. I said, by the way, the Lord said for me to go skydiving. Why would you want to lie on the Lord like that? Now, he went from being this loving, cuddly, hubby, seeing his wife walk through the door to, why would you want to lie on God like that? Now, this is the same man who, when I said to him one day after having prayed that the Lord said for us to start buying real estate, this was before we went into ministry. Okay. He said, okay, 
And so mm. it just so happens we were, we were in the real estate business, but we were brokering and so we weren't buying it for ourselves. Okay. And so he went through his list of properties and so we looked at which ones we might be able to afford to buy mm. and we started buying property. Not knowing mm. that it was the property we bought years before we went in ministry that we would have to sell so that we could afford to stay in ministry. Wow. Wow. Okay, so this is that same man, mm. the one who could hear me when I said God said mm -hmm. buy real estate, but who couldn't hear me when I said God said I could go skydiving, mm. right? And so what happened that Monday was that it was the longest Monday of my life. And I, I, he would say, you know, he would say, I just can't believe it. And I'd say, baby, look, you and God work it out. Mm. Whatever y'all decide, you just let me know. And so the day would go by, you know, a few hours or whatever. He come back up. I just can't get over this. I just can't get over this. And I'm like, mm -hmm. baby, I'm not going to talk about it. If this is not going to work for you, mm -hmm. just tell me. It may be enough that God said I could. Mm. I'll be all right with that. Mm. And I really believed I would be all right with that. Mm. About 6 o'clock that evening, he tells me, okay, you can do that if you want to, but just don't tell me when you do it, and don't do it while I'm in town. Make sure I'm out of town when you do it. Wow. Right? He was going out of town the next day. <laughs> I called my sister. What you doing tomorrow? Let's go skydiving. I'll pay. It's my treat. Mm. So we went skydiving. Wow. Most profound, contemplative, mm. magical moment of my life. Mm. People think that when you jump out of a plane that it's like a roller coaster. It's not. Mm. Have you ever seen a leaf? just gently sailing down mm -hmm. to the ground. It felt like that. Wow. But more importantly, it was, I had this sense, first of all, the silence is profound mm. at 30,000 feet or whatever it was. Mm. And it was as though I was cocooned in the love of God all mm. around me. There were no words spoken, but he was loving on me. And it was so, to this day, it is one of the most profound spiritual experiences mm. I've ever had. And you know what he told me? The Lord said to me, who do you think gave you the desire to jump out of a plane? Mm. He said, I did. Because I know you. So when I talk about this God who can be present to us in the good times, but certainly this God who can be present to us in our darkness yeah. because he, and I, I want to get away from saying God, he all the time, uh, because God is, is not limited to gender. That's right. But also right. there are some fantastic traits that are feminine. Yes. yes. Like nurture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, God nurtured me in mm -hmm. the darkest experience of my life. Mm. It was as though I was in the womb of God. Mm. And I was being cared for, instructed, mm. guided, corrected, yes, yeah. but so lovingly that there was no shame, mm. there was no uh, disgrace, there was no uh, punishment, there was simply this awareness that I had chosen a childhood happiness program. Yeah. And that it had taken me as far as it could take me. Mm, yeah. And if I would let God, 
God would help me build a life mm. I could live with. Mm. Mm. Man. So did you feel like skydiving for you was part of what it meant to throw yourself a party? It was. Mm. But you know what? I actually throw myself a party too. Oh, like a real party? I did. I That's did. amazing. You know what I did? I had a birthday coming up shortly after the... Uh, I really kind of got back on my feet. I think it was around... It was whenever... Whenever I turned 40, <laughs> it was my 40th birthday, I did a sleepover at the church. Hmm. And so women spent the night at the church, and we had um, all the, uh, we had a male dancer. Now, before you get too crazy, it was a, one of our praise dancers dressed in an envelope. She was the male dancer. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's genius. Isn't that so we had lots of fun. There was lots of laughter. And women had a good time. Because what I realized is that if I didn't know that I could give myself a party, how many of them had never given themselves a party yeah. either? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never celebrated their life. Mm-hmm. Never celebrated being able to move through all the stuff that you yes. move through as yes. a human being. So that party wasn't just for me. It was for all the women mm. who had had to brave all kinds of stuff. Mm. Molestation, rape, sexual assault. All kinds of stuff. Addictions. Mm. And so it wasn't just a party for me. And yeah. that was really what made it even more profound. Yeah. Being able to share it with so many other people, mm. you know. So it was good. Mm. It was good. Maybe it's time for another party. Yeah, it know? sounds like that's oh, it's so. It's 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 wild to me because I've been thinking this on the, these lines because just in the same way that skydiving, you know, on the external for a very religious person may not seem especially right. spiritual. Right. I feel like God keeps pushing me in these strange directions. Like yeah. a couple weeks ago, I was in Northern Ireland and uh, the Netherlands uh-huh. to do a little speaking, uh-huh. and had a really profound experience with the Lord. And one of the things that I think keeps happening is it's like, because I feel like I've been especially beholden to rules and just image management, just what it is so much more concerned, which is is what religion really always is. You're so much more concerned about appearance than you are reality. Like how how does that, how's it going to play? And I, I I have, I've been hesitant to even say this the way that it is, but this is really how I experienced. Like it came to me because it's all been very recent. When I was 17 years old, like kind of, you know, and that would have been for me like so mid 90s, I desperately wanted to get my ear pierced because it was so cool then. Yeah. But, and I love my parents, there's no shade yeah. here, we yeah, have a yeah, wonderful yeah. relationship. My dad, you know, was like, wasn't going to have it. Right, and you know, right, when right. You're, you're 17, your right. dad's allowed to tell you yeah, you're not exactly having that's right, all right. So, right. Not, <laughs> not upset about that. It was that, but it was that where like, 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 I won't even pay for your college if you do this. Like, right, okay, right, dad, fair right, enough. Right, right, right. right. So it, it kind of surfaced on this trip as all these things were shifting on my inside that all these years later, I'm 41, that I still want two gold hoops just like I did when I was 17. Yeah, yeah. And I realized that the only reason I hadn't done it was I was afraid of how it was going to be perceived. Yeah. 
And I'm and it, there was something that snapped in me on that trip to where I felt like I mean like it, like building an altar. I mean, it was so yes, profoundly spiritual. Yes. I got back from that trip, and yeah. the next day in Oklahoma yeah. City, yeah. I found a good like body piercing spot, yeah. Yeah. and I got my ears pierced the yeah. next day yeah. because yeah. it felt that necessary. Exactly. Like like this exactly. is this almost sacramental, exactly. like a way That's of breaking right. out of this. Yes, you know? when you said that, it felt sacramental. That's mm. how it felt to me. Mm. But what I realized is that God has been trying to liberate us for a long time. Yes, yes. But look, you and I had the same problem, mm. other people's fears. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And see, mm -hmm. what God was really trying to do was to mm -hmm. liberate me from, the, from my bondage to mm -hmm. other people's fears. Mm -hmm. My grandmother didn't want me to fall off the porch and break my neck. Right. That was her fear, wasn't mine. Right. I never once got on top of that pillow and thought, I'm gonna fall and break my neck. I yeah. kept thinking, this is wonderful, yes. right? Yes. Rudy's fear. Mm -hmm. Which is why I knew, I didn't at the time know that it was his fear of me dying. Yeah. That's why he didn't want me to go. I yeah. didn't know what was going on. I was like, what's the big deal? But okay, whatever. Yes. You know? And that's why he and God had to wrestle that out. Yeah. Not only did they wrestle then, but when I came back, I preached a sermon. Mm -hmm. And I used the videotape that the company took of me skydiving. Oh, that's awesome. Now, he knew I lived. <laughs> right? He said, but I just couldn't watch that oh, video. <laughs> All right, so we've got to pay attention to the yeah, fact that sometimes well, yeah. we are limiting the full experience yes. of our lives yes. because we have been trying to li live into other people's fears. Oh, it's so good. If, if this is the God who comes to liberate us, yeah. I don't care whose fears it is. Yes. yes. We've got to let it go. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love too that you started this conversation with this whole idea of development and how we think about the image of God and how your image of God has to grow and your yes. image of God can become so small and constricted. Yes. Because what I thought about as you're even using these examples, it's like, okay, so I'm sure your grand your grandmother was a wonderful person. She She's was. not a bad person. Exactly. Your husband's a wonderful person, exactly. et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. And I think that's precisely where for a lot of people this stuff gets confused. It, is because is. they had these containers. Exactly. They had these boundaries earlier in life right. set by good people who cared good. about them. Exactly. That they identified with the voice of God. That's right. Well, grandma's the voice of God that's to me. Exactly well, my right. husband, I know he looks out that's for me, right. et cetera. Exactly. So so then when developmentally the spirit of God right. is moving inside of you and right. stirring and it's right. time to move on, it's yeah. time to grow up, yeah. then there's this there's this fear because that those voices have become so identified with the voice of God exactly. to where all that gets collapsed together. So therefore everything they said must be God. Every fear of theirs yeah. must I must real. internalize to That's be mine. Right. Right? I've got right. I, that like I'm obligated yeah. to absorb yeah. all that. Yeah. When in reality it's not a rejection. Right of those people right. or of those no. other stages in no. life or, no. or, or maybe there was a time when those containers were necessary right. exactly. but still if we're going to move and grow there's That's a point at which right. you know so what happens is we move from a place of external authority yes to internal mm. authority oh so good with internal authority comes autonomy yeah i know who i am yeah i have a sense of myself I don't have to have a role. I don't have to have a title. Mm. I don't have to be called pastor. Mm -hmm. You don't have to call me reverend. Mm -hmm. If I ever get a doctorate, you don't have to call me doctor mm. because I know who I am. Mm. But when that authority is external to you, right. part of the challenge is that you don't get the autonomy. Yes, yes. And that's what God is looking for, mm -hmm. for us to rec recognize mm -hmm. 
that God is so clearly in me mm. and I am so clearly in God. The John 15 abiding. Yeah. All right. That if my grandmother would get deep and my husband would get deep, mm. we'd all be in God. Mm -hmm. There'd be no need for either of their fears. Mm hmm. But when we don't do our work, yeah, that's right. We we limit ourselves, yeah, to the people who love us, but who are fearful. Mm -hmm. We limit ourselves to the people who love us, or in some cases, people who don't love us, right, right. But whose authority we either respect or we're afraid of or whatever. Yes. And so again, the word attachment. Mm -hmm. Who are we gonna be attached to? Yes. Yes. And so I'm just grateful mm. that that whole experience of depression, while that mm. was the medical diagnosis, God was doing something beyond just that diagnosis. And that's mm. the word I believe to somebody today. Yes. Yes. That we get diagnosis, yes, because when, when there's something going on, when there's the need for change, when mm -hmm. a shift needs to occur, mm -hmm. sometimes it'll show up as mental health challenges, right. other times it'll show up as physical health challenges, mm -hmm. because there's something going on. So don't just take yeah. the medication and accept the diagnosis. Yeah. Ask God, what's at the root of this? Yes, yes. What's really going on? So to be clear, for me, the Lord was so faithful because mm -hmm. as I was diagnosed with a de major depressive episode and later on I uh, was told that I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, mm -hmm. I took medication, I did talk therapy, I did basically mm -hmm. everything the psychiatrist and the psychologist told me to do, mm -hmm. and I saw my routine doctor, my regular doctor, because they wanted to rule out other things because mm -hmm. diabetes and thyroid problems, all these can create depression yeah and so we were ruling out stuff so we know where we're going right and so the lord told me one day he said i'll give you the treasures out of this darkness mm. when he said that he knows me mm. i'm an eternal student mm -hmm. i knew i better take notes because mm. if somebody's getting ready to give you treasure out of darkness yeah that means there's some treasure to be found. Yeah. I was gonna make sure I wrote down what that treasure was so that when I got through this darkness, because mm. obviously I was gonna get through it, mm. all right? So even though there were suicidal ideations, mm. in my case, I never thought I would kill myself. I kept thinking I was gonna be killed. Oh, well. And it was the, the wildest thing, but that's what happens when you're experiencing depression. Yeah. What's happening, I believe, is that the ego is recognizing that it is no longer going to have full authority over you mm. any longer. Well, mm. that the real authority, the master authority, mm -hmm. is coming into play. Mm. And so for me, the awareness that this was not just mental, not just physical, and believe me, there was a lot of physical stuff going on. Because mm. when you're dealing with depression, it's almost like the body says, look, you're not getting our message, so we're gonna throw everything at you we got. Yeah. My teeth would, I was sitting down on the sofa one day and my teeth just shattered, two of them, just <laughs> fell apart, right? Ooh. All right? Um, lower back pain, sciatic back pain is what they called okay. it. Um, all headaches, and I never was a person with headaches. Mm. All these crazy symptoms just started coming out of nowhere. Mm. So then it's easy for people to say, oh, must be spiritual warfare. Mm. And the Lord told me, nope. This is not spiritual warfare. Mm. 
This is transformation. Wow. And it's taking an effect on the mind, it's having an effect on the body, mm. it's having an effect in your spirit. Mm. But don't worry, think about the caterpillar. Mm. I never knew that going from a caterpillar to a butterfly, that in the cocoon, the caterpillar literally becomes this liquid. Mm. Mm. Totally disintegrates. Wow. I was disintegrating the old life wow. so that I could live into the new life. Mm. Isn't that powerful? It's so powerful. And especially think about what a violent yes! idea that is. Violent exactly. and scary. Like exactly. you're, you're changing substance. They're exactly right. Mm. Because I'm becoming new. Mm-hmm. I'm becoming something different. And that's scary. You know what? When I was in it, I was so numb that I didn't even feel scary. Mm. It was like scary had played its course. Yeah. You know, uh, all I could feel was God. Every day I would wake up and it was as though I had spent the whole night falling down a, a tunnel. And mm. so all I remember was thinking if I could just grab the sides of something in this tunnel, maybe mm-hmm. I'd stop this falling. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, that falling was symbolic of what was happening. Mm. I was falling apart so that I could be made new. Yes, yes. And so St. John of the Cross talks about that. Mm. And there are others now who talk about this Mm. sensation of falling that you have Mm. that just won't let up. And it's because I I think uh, Richard Rohr has a book called Falling Upward. Oh yeah, that was revolutionary for me. It's the same thing. Yes. I just didn't have a term for it at the time. Yeah. Because his book hadn't been written yet. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. But God mm. present. Yes. Present. Yes. Not here anymore. Mm-hmm. Right here. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked Carl Jung, the great Swiss psychologist, if he believed in God. Now, Carl Jung, and I admire him greatly because. His father was a theologian, and then he became a scientist of the mind, right? But he had a great appreciation for the spiritual. Mm -hmm. And so when he was asked the question, do you believe in God? He said, absolutely not. Mm. I know God. Mm. So for me... That was an experience of going from just believing yes. to knowing. Yes. And so it was the most hellacious experience of my life. Mm. But if that's what it took, yes. if that was the ticket that I needed to get on this transformation mm-hmm. journey, mm-hmm. Hey, I'd pay it again. Yeah. Because it was worth it. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story with us. And I would love, because I do feel like, you know, you said this already in terms of, I'm feeling particularly stirring for people who are watching or listening. Uh, You know, I feel clearly the Holy Spirit is at work. And man, when you're in that moment where you're trying to discern the purposes of God, Mm -hmm. and there there is no sense of purpose Mm -hmm. at all. It does just feel violent. It does just feel like disintegration. It just feels like you're dying. That's all. Exactly. (laughs) You're not you're not thinking about resurrection. Right now. There's no like any of that. I would just love it in whatever direction you would feel led because it's been beautiful lately, just kind of exploring what even looks like to 
facilitate some kind of sacred space sure. in these kind of digital spaces. Sure. Sure. But for you just to lead us in prayer in whatever direction you would feel led, but okay. especially maybe around for people who are in that kind of um, moment yeah. right now. Sure. Because doesn't it even feel like, I mean, I know in a way all time is like this because life is cyclical and we're always mm-hmm. going through phase stuff, but it almost feels like, you know, I know Paul in Romans talks about how the creation itself groans in size, right. but yeah. boy, it feels like in a moment, culture like around the world, there's such a travail right now. I think there this is, is true for so many people. There is, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and you know what? I, this is the thing that for me was so profound when you can name it. Yeah, yes. When you can name an yes. experience, it for me, it gives hope. Right. When, when you can tell me, okay, um, the reason you're having this lower back pain is because of the impact of not having enough endorphins, which is the feel-good drug in your body, yeah. which gives you this sense of being pain-free in mm-hmm. essence, you know. Um, when you can name that, when you mm-hmm. can name that this this dark experience, Experience in your life is, is has been called the dark night of the soul from yeah. somebody who wrote about it in the 13th or 14th century. Yeah. When you can name something, mm-hmm. then it gives me hope. Okay, then then there must be a way through this because yes. somebody else has been able to name it. Yes, that's right. So yeah, that's right. so I'm grateful to say a prayer. But mm-hmm. what I'd like to do is to ask you to sit up tall. If you're able to sit up, sit up mm-hmm. tall and straight in your seat. And if you can, put your feet flat on the floor. And I invite you to turn your hands palm side up and just place them in your thighs. And the reason I'm asking you to do this is to put your body in a position of um, presence. You know, if you go and sit on your bed, your body says, oh, we're getting ready to go to sleep. Because of the, the association of being sitting on the bed with going to sleep. So we want to put our body in a, a, a position where we're going to train it to be present to the presence of God. So I invite you to take a deep breath and breathe in, noticing the cool air coming into your nostrils. And on the exhale, notice the warm air exiting your nostrils. Just exhale. Allow yourself to breathe in deeply and fully, blowing up the air in your tummy like you're blowing up a balloon. Not so much shoulder action as to down in the gut where you can be grounded by this breath. And as you exhale, exhale deeply and slowly, squeezing the navel towards the spine so that if this is your spine, you're breathing in, filling up that tummy. As you exhale, you're squeezing your navel towards the spine. It's the way babies breathe, deep breathing. Our shallow breathing often creates a lot of unnecessary anxiety. Bring the breath down into the gut. It grounds us. It oxygenates the brain. It does a lot of good stuff. So allow yourself to breathe in the knowing that just as your feet are grounded and supported, just as your body is being supported by the chair you're sitting in, your very being is supported by God. The God, however you name him, we name him many things. Jehovah Jireh, we name him many names. Papa, Daddy, Father. Abba, that this same God, Mama, who is sustaining the universe, is sustaining, supporting you. Continue to breathe in deeply, fully, 
and just pay attention to your breathing as I pray. Good and gracious God, we welcome your spirit, your healing power. And God, I ask that you would increase within all of us your healing light. Some are consumed by darkness right now. Would you illuminate in the darkness your presence? With every breath that is breathed, we breathe in your healing light, the light of awareness, the light of insight and guidance. We exhale all chaos and confusion. We let it go. I ask, gracious God, that you would empower us all to trust you and to come to know you even in the darkness. That suicide is not an option. Transformation is the option. And so, gracious God, we breathe in your life-giving power. We exhale all chaos, all self-doubt. We breathe in the knowing that you, God, are as close to us as the very breath we breathe. Darkness does not scare you. And so, God, in the way that you see fit, would you make yourself known, present to all of my brothers and sisters who are listening, who are viewing, God, would you stir your light within them? Give them a sense of hearing you, knowing you, experiencing you, even in the dark places. Be a good shepherd for us all, shepherding us through the valley of darkness. Thank you that you send goodness and mercy to walk alongside us. God, I trust you for every person right now who is experiencing the dark night of the soul, the place where they are being invited to let go of their attachments to the old way of being, the old way of thinking, the old way of doing, to let go of their attachments to how life used to be so that their hands might be free to attach to you fully and completely in fresh and invigorating ways. God, would you turn on the light? Illumine our understanding. Be for us the way through and the way out 
and into the radiant and marvelous light that is the light of Christ. We bless you, God. And I thank you for all those who are able to hear this and receive. I ask that your light would illumine in them, on them, especially in their thoughts. Turn on the light, God. We ask this in the matchless name of Jesus. Thanking you in advance that we've got a name for this now. And we know that there's a great light ahead. And the light is Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Wendy. That's magical. It's so special. What a beautiful time. I just so appreciate you being willing to share with me and with all of us and allowing the Holy Spirit to use you the way that you do and allow your own, to be so vulnerable with your own story in a way that people are able in kind of a universal way to find themselves in it. I think nothing's more powerful than that. Before we close out, you mentioned today your book was was that is that your forthcoming book the one yes yes it's supposed to come out um its birthday is june the 30th 2020 okay it's um, being published by InterVarsity press and i'm so grateful for um Mm. they're taking this cindy bunch has been uh walking me through this and i just thank god for her presence Mm. and really she's the one that said do it Juanita do it Mm. get it out there and she held my hand and uh, guided me through the process and so I'm real grateful Mm -hmm. and so if people want to know more about the book they can follow me on social media and I'll be posting stuff um, as we begin to get a little closer to that date but I'm just what's the best way to follow you on social media Juanita Rasmus all of that Twitter Uh, just look up Juanita Rasmus I think one of them is called Pastor Juanita we're going to be working on you know getting all that uniformed and, Mm. and pretty and all that kind of stuff but the book is called Learning to be, finding your center when the bottom falls out. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. Well, I can't wait to read it, and we will certainly push it really hard. So, you know, we'll (laughs) we'll buy lots of copies. Thank you. We appreciate that. Well, this has been an amazing time, and so appreciate you being with us. And, Mark, thank thank you you so much for opening up your home in this space. It's just really been amazing. And thank you guys, as always, for tuning into the Zeitcast. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.